Again, hurry up, Megan, come here. No. Um, audience participation. How many of you like speaking in front of people? Great, because we don't either. So pray for Miss Bree. I'm sure she is very nervous. Um, we met Bree in shortly after we moved to Danville, Bree and Ryan. I think Joe, Pastor Joe and Ryan shared their uh, love of books quickly. Um, if we could, we would probably hide half of their books, but we would probably die shortly after we did that. So books are off limits, but we will just talk to each other about how they need an intervention. Um, so I'm very grateful for Bree's friendship and just that um, I know that she is there if I ever need someone to pray for me. Um, I've sent her many a text message, heavy hearted, please pray for me today. Um, so just pray for Miss Bree as she's speaking. Miscarriage is never easy. Um, it's not an easy subject. It's not talked about, neither is infertility. Um, so just pray for her and I'm sure that she will be more than happy to be done with this, but um, I just pray that if it just helps one person, it will all be worth it. So, Miss Bree Crowder, give her a hand. Oh, there it is, there it is. Can y'all hear me? You good? Okay, all right, good. All right, so yes, I am very nervous. I don't know, can y'all hear my heartbeat? Like I. I feel it. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, well, I just want to take a moment to thank you, volunteers. Um, I know it takes a lot of time and hard work to do these conferences, uh, and you are greatly appreciated, um, especially the time you put into this thing. Um, sacrificing Friday nights, all day, Saturday, um, that's huge, and I know the Lord will bless you. Um, before I start, I do want to pray first. Lord, uh, I come to you, Lord. I need you. I know there are people uh, in this church, Lord, whether they're church members, they're visiting, uh, their family or friends of a, a church member, Lord, they're hurting. Lord, I just pray that they'll feel your presence. I pray, Lord, that they know that they're not alone, that we are here to help them, to point them to you, Lord. And I just thank you for your mercy for your grace, Lord. I thank you for the Ashleys, Lord, and what a blessing they are, Lord. This ministry they have is incredible, Lord. Seeing you work in them and through them, Lord, is absolutely amazing. And to be just a small part of that, Lord, I am grateful for that. Lord, I pray that you'll help me now, Lord. You'll give me the words that only you would have me to say, Lord. We thank you for all that you do, Lord. We just pray that uh, today we'll bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, it is truly an honor to be standing here before you. Um, we, our church hosts Living in Spite of Conferences, and we attend Living in Spite of Conferences, but never have we been speakers of a Living in Spite of Conference. So I am grateful for the opportunity to, to speak on Living in Spite of Miscarriages. This is something that's not really talked about. Um, people don't really open up about this thing. Um, and I come to find out that there, there are a lot of people that have gone through miscarriages, but again, they don't, they don't talk about uh, that stuff. And I wish I could stand here and say, I trusted God immediately. I turned to God immediately when we were going through the loss and the grieving process, um, but I can't. I was very angry 
and I struggle to even admit that because I was I was saved during the time that we were going through the miscarriage um, so you know I, I have regret now and it, it hurts to have to say that I did not trust God I rejected God I didn't turn to God at all um, but through this trial I experienced a peace a peace that you read about in the Bible, a peace that passes all understanding, and a closeness to God that, you know, you hear people talk about these things, that peace, that closeness, but until you experience it for yourself, you really can't describe it or understand it until you go through it. Now, would I sit here and say, Lord, hey, bring on the trials. You know, this is great. Absolutely not. Um, but it's these trials that we go through where we experience these things. Ryan and I, uh, we've been married for 14 years. Uh, we met in high school. We ran cross country together, so we were high school sweethearts. Um, so that was a, a lovely thing to go through high school and have your high school sweetheart and uh, know that that's the one you're going to marry. Um, but as you approach adulthood, you think you got it all figured out, you got all these plans. Um, and I imagine God chuckles at that, you know, at our, our thoughts um, when we say those things. Um, but I went to college. I went to college for surgical technologist, um, and then I pursued nursing. Um, so I graduated. I graduated in 2006. In 2007, I got saved, and then me and Ryan, we were engaged um, in 2007, and then we married in 2009. So everything was lining up beautifully. Um, according to my plans. Um, we knew we didn't want to have kids until uh, maybe one, two years after uh, we were married. Um, so once uh, we kind of got together and knew we wanted to start having kids, you know, you, I went to my uh, doctor, the OBGYN, um, just to talk about some things. When I was younger, I had a really bad uh, accident that left me in critical condition. I was... Um, had a helicopter come and get me. I was air flighted to Baptist, and I was there for three and a half, four months, uh, just having multiple procedures, surgeries. After surgeries, uh, I had broke my femur, my collarbone, my hip. I crushed my pelvis, and I had some head trauma. So I knew there was a possibility that um, there could be problems carrying a child just because my pelvis had been crushed, um, and there was just extensive surgeries throughout throughout my life, um, but I didn't worry too much about that um, because I'd also t been told that I would never walk again. Um, but by God's grace, I not only walked, but I ran. I ran cross country uh, and everything was fine, so I didn't, really, I didn't really worry too much about that. In 2012, we found out um, we were pregnant. Um, so I was one of those that would go in Walgreens, you know, and you'd snatch all the, the pregnancy tests, you know, and you'd just take one after the other. like. Your morning bathroom break is going to be any different from the lunch bathroom break, you know. And then I converted to the digital um, pregnancy test where it just said yes or no. Because, you, you know, you think you start to see a line and you're like, is my mind playing tricks on me? So then it was easier just to do the yes or no ones. Um, so in 2012, we found out we were pregnant. When you saw that yes, I was just so, so excited. I uh, just really couldn't contain it. I even went back to the, the pregnancy test that had the two lines just to see if it really did have two lines. And it did. 
And then I made an appointment with the uh, OBGYN just to confirm that, yes, we are, um, we are pregnant. And I remember going into this little office, and there was a sweet little, little lady. Um, she was explaining everything, the things I should eat, the things I should do. Um, she gave me a little bag with all the cute little coupons and things like that, all, all baby stuff. Um, and made our next appointment for the, the next three, three ultrasounds. So I immediately after that appointment went out and bought all these healthy snacks. I am not a healthy eater. I love everything junk food. I love sugar. I love candy. All things bad for you, I love. Um, but I was determined to do everything I could to allow this baby to be healthy. So I went out and bought these almonds and cashews. Hate all that. Unless it's drenched in chocolate, covered in chocolate, I don't like it. I avoided caffeinated drinks. I love Sundrop and Coke, uh, the two best drinks. Um, so I avoided all that stuff because I wanted to prove to God that I was going to be a good mother, and I wanted that chance to prove to him. Um, and I finally, uh, I, I felt I finally understood that exhortation in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, to pray constantly, that, that urgency to pray, because I found myself, that's what I was doing. I was praying constantly. Um, I would find myself constantly looking down at my belly, just amazed and in awe that there was a little life growing inside um, my belly, and I was, I was overwhelmed with that, just because if you study the anatomy of a child and the growing, how people can't believe in God is just beyond me, just because there's so many things um, that go into that, and it's amazing. I was constantly Googling the size of the baby. Um, was it going to be the size of a, a grape or a fig? Uh, avocado, lime. Um, so I, I imagined what would be happening when it was time for the baby to be born, uh, what the weather uh, would be like. Um, we had our first couple of uh, ultrasounds, and you couldn't hear the heartbeat, but you could see that little flicker on the screen. And it was just amazing to see that that's truly a heartbeat there. God has put life, um, and, and there's a heartbeat. So when we went for that third or fourth ultrasound, we actually got to, to hear the heartbeat, um, and it was the most beautiful sound. Uh, I can still hear it to, to this day, and uh, as I'm looking at the screen, the text showing me things, I'm clueless as to what I'm looking at, and I'm just lost in the sound of the heartbeat. I look over at Ryan, and he's crouched down, and I notice he's got his phone, and then he looks at me, and he's like, I'm recording it, you know, and I was like, you're not supposed to have your phone. Um, but he was recording the sound of the heartbeat, so we, we still have uh, that, the recording of that. Um, so after we left there, uh, we just played that, the heartbeat sound, over and over. And when we got home, we did the same thing, just thanking God for his goodness and this little life that he has uh, given, um, and just truly amazed at, at his goodness. And after a few days, uh, it was probably five or six days later, I started spotting um, and I didn't get too, too worried. Um, you know, we always go to Dr. Google, um, which is usually the first and biggest mistake, because usually when you go to Google, you're already dead. Um, so, or either you've got this disease that's going to end up in death. Um, but to my surprise, I actually went to uh, the, the internet, Dr. Google there, um, and it assured that I was probably well. So if Google said it, then I, I'm good. I'm fine. Um, but I continued to start it having a little bit more uh, bleeding, and I had this nagging uncertainty in the back of my head that something wasn't right. Um, I would constantly go to the bathroom every chance I got. Everywhere I'd go, I was just consumed with going to the bathroom just to see if there was 
anything that I should be concerned about calling the nurse, but I, I did call the nurse. Uh, I had been checked out, everything was good, uh, but the bleeding started to, to pick up, started to be a little, little heavy, and I remember going for the, the next appointment. Um, I'd started to cramp, and that's when I started to really, really uh, worry. Um, and as I, I went to the, the appointment, that morning, I didn't have any bleeding, and I was just praising God. Uh, you know, this maybe we're good. Maybe it's just my inside stretching, and it's just not handling it very well. Um, so we went to that appointment, and uh, we were on the, the the bed there. The tech came in, and she was, you know, jellied up my belly, and she started looking, probing. Everything was quiet, um, and I, I could feel my heartbeat starting to, to race. It's kind of like it is now. Um, and I was just laying there. And I would look at her face, you know, I was trying to get some type of assurance. Um, but I could, I could tell there was a cause of concern on her face. Um, so she actually went out to go get someone else, and they came in. They were looking together. And I knew by now there should be a heartbeat. I should be hearing a heartbeat. I should be seeing something on that screen uh, to ensure me that the baby was okay. But that was not happening. And I remember uh, she printed off the ultrasound. And she just looked at me and she said, I'm so sorry, we, we can't find a heartbeat. And I was just trying to process, well, obviously, you know, you're, maybe you're doing something wrong. Maybe it's something's broke or, you know, and that's when the other girl confirmed. Um, so they were like, we're going to take you to another office. So we went uh, into another office and the doctor actually came in there to talk with us. Um, and she uh, sat down and she had tears in her eyes. And I knew then this was it. Um, she looked at me and she said, uh, Ms. Crowder, Mr. Crowder, I'm sorry you have lost your baby. And at that moment, I'm just kind of, I'm shocked. I'm trying to process, is this really happening? Uh, no, you guys are, are wrong. There's, there, there's got to be you know, a heartbeat. I've been checked out. I've heard the heartbeat. Um, but she, she confirmed, she said, we're going to do blood work, um, just see if your levels, you know, are dropping. Um, and in fact, they, they were dropping. Um, so she talked about the, uh, just going through it naturally, um, and then going through uh, a DNC. And I had, I knew what a DNC was, and that is not the route that I wanted to go at all. Um, I remember leaving there that day, and we got in the car. Once we left, I was completely numb all over. Um, I had been a mother, a mother-to-be to our baby, um, and now that baby, he or she, uh, was gone before he or she uh, even arrived. Um, my heart, my sanity, um, my life at that time, I just felt like was, was splitting into pieces. And again, I was looking nowhere for God. I was neglecting God. I was ignoring God because I was so angry. And at the time, Ryan was the youth pastor at our church. Um, so he called the pastor, telling the news. And I could have cared less to talk to anyone. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, not even God. I ignored God because there was a sense of anger. There was a sense of betrayal. 
I wanted to pray. I wanted to feel connected to that steadfast God that I loved and I followed. But I questioned him. And I know we're not supposed to question God. But I did. Because I was looking at everyone else. We had a um, cousin in the family who, uh, they weren't married, um, but they had broke the news that they were having a baby. And that anger just grew and grew and grew. And I shot everyone out. I shut everyone out, including my husband, um, who I knew was, you know, going through the same, same thing. Um, but I shut him out. I started, uh, that, those cramps started to intensify uh, greatly. I took trip and trip after the bathroom, to the bathroom as the, uh, the clots began to pass. Um, you know, I was thinking, is it a boy? Is it a girl? Um, and I started to hate my body because my body had betrayed me. I had done all the right things to try and protect and shield that little baby. You know, I tried to eat the right things, but then I started thinking, did I not uh, take enough vitamins? Uh, did I sit a wrong way? Did I do something, did I do something wrong? Um, you know, the doctor has said, it's not, it's not your fault. People would say, it's not your fault. Um, but again, I had tried to do all the right things. Um, but here I was in the bathroom, and I thought, here I am with a contracting uterus, and there's no, there's no baby. Um, there's no child. The week went by. I, it was a fog. Um, there were many tears, pain. Um, because I continue to think about the ones that were having kids. Uh, you know, you'd go out to Walmart and you'd see these kids just not paying attention to their kids. And I thought, Lord, I, I would be a really good mother. Um, you know, you, you hear about the, those that the, do drugs and they have this baby and that baby, just multiple babies. And I just, the anger uh, grew and grew and grew. Uh, you know, because of my accident, am I not gonna be ha able to have any kids? At all, and I started to doubt that I would ever um, have kids. Um, but I did have to have uh, a DNC. They had to remove the extra tissue just because my body just wasn't uh, doing what it needed to do naturally. And as we arrived at the hospital, at that time, um, people who were scheduled for any type of procedure surgery stayed in the same waiting room. And so when we got to the waiting room, I sat there with a lady who was having a C-section for her fifth child. All four kids uh, that she had were there with her as well as a husband. And I thought, you gotta be kidding me. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm already angry. I'm angry at God, I'm angry at everybody. Um, I'm a miserable person, I'm being tortured inside and I can't even have one kid. And here's this lady over here, she's got four kids, she's having her fifth child. And again, the, the anger grew and grew, and tears were just streaming down my face. You know, I was trying to gasp for breath just because I was just so angry at God. And we had, you know, my parents, Ryan's um, dad, we had church family, we had friends that would try to reach out, they were trying to help, but I was disconnected to all of them. Um, I just turned off to, to all of them. As we left the hospital, went home, I cried myself to to sleep, our church family brought food, cards, they were, they were good to us, phone calls, 
Um, and they even wrote letters explaining, you know, some of them had gone through miscarriages, what helped them. Um, you know, I would read it and just put it to the side. Uh, and then my, my precious husband would try to read the Bible to me. He would, he would read verses um, in the Bible, and he would try to leave scripture around reminding me of God's word. But I had drifted away from God. I wanted no part at that time um, to be in God's word um, or, or praying. And I, I was a walking zombie, it felt like, uh, just going through the emotion after the emotion. I wasn't me. I'm a people person. I like to joke. I, I like to, to laugh um, most of the time. Um, and I, I started to feel so helpless. Um, there was you know, nothing I was doing was helping And I want to read Psalm 34, verse 18, and it says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. That word contrite means crushed. I was crushed. Maybe you've not gone through a miscarriage. Maybe it's the loss of a child. Maybe it's loss of a spouse. Um, Something that has entered your life that's tragic. You're crushed. You're broken. But this verse tells me God is always there. He is as near as our next prayer. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For Paul, the future glory he would experience with the Lord far outweighed the suffering he experienced in the world. Paul understood that the greater the suffering, the greater would be his eternal glory. And as I read the scripture, it started to become personal. It started to become uh, real. And as I read those verses, I could feel the Lord working in my heart, chipping away that anger, chipping away that that bitterness that had settled in. And my favorite verse has always been Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And as I started to recall that verse, this overwhelming guilt started to come over me. Right there in my bedroom, and I started sobbing, and I started begging God to, to forgive me for ignoring him, for questioning him, for not putting my trust in him. Because as a Christian, I knew that this was the most important book that I would ever or could ever read. But I was ignoring it. And I started to have conviction just come over me. Um, and I, I continued to just sob and sob and sob. I was forgetting about the blessings that God had already given me. I wasn't thinking about where he had brought me from. You know, I, I could have died in that accident. But here I was. I was still living. God has given me a, a godly husband. There were so many things that I was forgetting about. And that's what we tend to do. We're just caught up in that, in that moment. And I had shut out the very God who sent his only son to die on that cross for the sins that I was committing. And it broke me because God is always there. It's our choice. Are we going to turn to him or are we going to shut him out? 
And at that point, I cried out, Lord, salvation is enough. You've done enough already. My life is in your hands. Just like that little baby that was growing inside of me. That baby is yours. They are in your hands. And I told God at that moment, Lord, if it's your will that we don't have kids, or if we do, I'm okay. I'm okay if we don't ever get to have kids. Come what may. My plans aren't your plans, Lord. And at that point, I was still sobbing. And at that point, that amazing peace that you read of in the Bible, that peace that passes all understanding, just came over me. It is so hard to describe, but it is such a sweet, sweet peace. And if you've experienced it before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I will never forget that moment and that peace to this day because I am very, very grateful for what I experienced on that bedroom floor. And whenever there's a trial that comes into my life or whenever there's suffering, I always revert back to that moment because I don't want to forget that moment of peace. Don't ever forget when God saved you, that feeling that you felt. Anytime you experience his sweet peace, don't ever forget that feeling. And I knew if it wasn't because that trial in my life, I may not have ever experienced that peace. So I was grateful for that, that closeness to God. He was teaching me. And I want to read Psalm 13. I've got a few verses to read, so just bear with me because it's good stuff, y'all. It's good stuff. Psalm 13 says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest mine enemy say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Verse 3 says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. David has done the only thing that was left to do. He was praying for the Lord to help him. And that's where I got. I was so broken. I was at the end. And I finally prayed to the Lord for help because that's when you get to that place in life when there's nothing else you can do, there's nowhere else to turn to, you've hit rock bottom, that's when you need to cry out to the Lord. Verse 5 says, But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. And we see here David remembering his trust he had placed in the Lord because God is a God of mercy, of grace. And in verse 6, I will sing unto the Lord because he had dealt bountifully with me. And that's such a, a beautiful way to, to, end that, to end that verse um, because he's praising God. He's praising God in song for dealing so bountifully with him. And the sorrow when we feel uh, 
that we're you know, convinced that God's forgotten us, God's not there, um, it, it quickly turns, you know, that joy, we have that thanksgiving, um, to remember all the blessing he's already given us, and to pray with faith, and God will bless you above whatever you ask for. If we have that faith, you know, that, that mustard seed of faith, if we have that faith, God will bless you uh, more than you can, you can dream. Psalm 116 says, verse 1, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications, because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. Verse 7, return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. God is quick of hearing. His ears are always open. No matter uh, if we're broken, we're confused, if it's just but a sigh, if it's a groan, without voice, he hears and understands us. I was in that bedroom, and I was just sobbing, sobbing. I had my Bible open and just crying. The, the tears were falling onto the page. God hears even when we aren't able to speak. He knows our hearts. He's always listening for the call of his children. In verse 4, it says, Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. When there's no place to go for help, then it's time to cry out to the Lord. We always have him there. And verse 7, return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. There is rest for the believer. There is peace for the believer. And there can always be a perfect peace for the believer all the time if we put our total trust in God. And that's something I wasn't doing at the beginning. Where did it get me? Misery. I mean, I, I was unhappy all the time. I was a walking zombie. It it got me nowhere. Putting our total trust in him. Revelations 21, verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Do we always understand God's plan? No, that's exactly right. We don't always understand God's plan. But we can trust in his plan because of what Romans chapter 8, verse 39 says. Nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. So even though we may go through trials, even though we may go through suffering, that death can not separate us. Or the babies that we've lost, that we've loved, it's never lost from the presence of the Lord. Because it tells us, nor height nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus, our 
Lord. We were told to wait at least uh, six months before having another child um, just to let my body kind of heal, do its thing. Um, so eight months later, uh, I took a, another a pregnancy test, and it was positive. Um, but we ended up losing that, that baby as well. Um, but this one, this one was different than the first because I turned to God this time. I trusted him. I put my faith in him. I had made God a promise. You have to be careful of that. You make God a promise, you better keep it. And I did that. I had turned to him. I had trusted him. And even though I was saddened, it, it hurt. But I still had the joy in knowing that it's not my will, Lord. It's yours. You know, there were comments from people um, as we went through miscarriages. Um, wasn't very helpful. Um, you'll, you'll run into that sometime. Oh, you'll have another baby. Um, oh, that baby must have had something wrong with it. That one really hurt. Um, it's for the best. And I had to remind myself, you know, most of the time, you know, people aren't, aren't trying to be uh, intentionally cruel or, or uncaring, but they're just fumbling uh, through something. They're trying to find something uh, to, to help um, with the loss that they just, they just don't understand. Until you've gone through something like that, you don't understand. Um, so I had, to, I had to remind myself, they're, just, they're trying to help, but they just don't uh, understand. And in Philippians chapter 4, Verses 6 and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything be, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord in every aspect of your life. Be prayerful about everything. God will not let you down. People will let you down. The government will let you down. But God will never let you down. And verse 7, it says that peace that passeth all understanding. This is the kind of peace that we have in the midst of problems, in the midst of trials. Again, we don't want these trials to, to come to our lives. But if not for these trials, then we don't experience that closeness, what God's trying to teach us through those trials. I'd read a, I was reading a book um, in regards to, to miscarriages and things not talked about. And it said this, Jesus has been raised, death has been conquered, and we have nothing more to fear. Our babies, too, rest secure in the arms of this very God. And that's so true, because God controls everything. In Psalm 119, verse 103, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And that sweetness of word, as I study it, it does. It becomes personal. It becomes more true to you. And then in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4,
But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And we're to read, we're to study this word often, as you would physical bread, just like it, it says. It feeds us, it nourishes us, it calms us. And I was a hot mess during the first part of this trial because I wasn't reading. I was rejecting God. I wasn't praying. I didn't have a calmness that I could have had if I'd have went to God first. And it wasn't until I read the word I experienced that peace. And you know, Brother John Ashley was talking about people watching you. And I thought about those teenagers that we were ministering to because Ryan was a youth pastor and we worked with the youth. You know, they were. They were watching. They were watching me as I was going through that trial. And that stuff, as I think back, you know, I failed. I failed God during that trial because they were watching. And I had an anger. I had a bitterness. And if you're not careful, that stuff will eat you alive. When we go through trials, the worst thing you can do is to shut out others, to shut out God, to shut out people. You need to talk. You need to, to open up about it. It helps to talk. It's getting through that, you know, that first hump in doing so because it does. It does break us. But when it breaks us, that's when God's there. At our weakest moment, the devil loves to try to get in there. And you have to be careful. And that's why we have to be prayed up. We have to be ready for when he strikes. And anytime you read the word, it is truly sweet. It is. It's sweet like honey. And I have something for you. I made these little things. And I want you to take this. It's honey um, with a little, little dipper here. Um, but I want you to take this, and I want you to be reminded that whenever you go through a trial, whenever you struggle just day to day, I want you to pick up that book and I want you to start reading it because it is sweet. It's sweeter than honey. Just like Psalm 119, 103 says. Let me read it for you again. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey, to my mouth. I have a regret shutting out God. But I'll tell you, when I experienced that peace, it was absolutely sweet. It was precious. It was amazing. Maybe you're not saved. I pray that before the day's over with, before we finish this, that you come to know the God before it's eternally too late. Maybe you're in that trial, whether it's the loss of a child, the loss of a spouse, whatever it may be. I pray that you don't think you're too far deep, you're too far gone. Because God is right there waiting for you to talk to him, to pray, to open up to him. Because again, there's nothing sweeter then go into his word and experience in that peace. So I'm going to come around and I'll give you one of these. Nobody's allergic to honey, right? No, okay, I'm just going to make sure. There you go.
we're doing communion.